This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to episode 171 of the Broadcast Network Podcast. This week we're concluding our Change for Growth Church Leaders series and we're joined by Vinnie Poole. Vinu leads the apostolic team for Commission Together that currently serves over 200 churches in five nations within Southeast Asia. In this session, Colin and Vinu discuss short-term wins and keeping momentum when building the church to help people stay motivated and encouraged. Well, welcome everybody. Uh, Welcome to the um, last in the series on Change for Growth. Um, it's uh, going to. It's been a lot of fun having all of these different people with us, uh, and today we are looking at uh, short-term wins, and I'll explain that a little bit more in a second. But we have with us um, today Colin Barron from Manchester, who many of you will um, will know if you've been on these calls before uh, or done the rest of the course before, and we also have uh, Vinu Paul with us today all the way from Mumbai, I might say all the way, he hasn't obviously travelled, he is in Mumbai, and uh, I, I will just introduce him uh, in a moment, uh, those of you know, Colin is uh, based in Manchester with me, uh, leads CCM, has been involved in running New Frontiers for uh, many years, the group of churches we're part of, uh, and Vinu is part of that um, network, that family of churches as well, um, based in Mumbai, and uh, leads Living Hope Church there, which uh, currently has Uh, six sites, seven meetings in three languages, which I think is uh, wonderful. And actually in Manchester, we want to start some sites with extra, with different languages. So we are listening to Vinu very carefully. Um, And he also leads uh, a team uh, that look after, I think over 200 churches uh, across a number of different nations actually, but primarily in India. And they have a, a vision for um, for you know, kind of having a thousand churches by 2013 that they'll plant and adopt in numbers of nations as well. Uh, and that journey has been uh, exceptional too, which I've heard about and I'm sure we'll hear a bit about today. Um, but really, we are talking today about short term wins. And what we mean by that, I think, is the process of change. So if we have a big objective that we want to go for, how we take those steps to get there and how we celebrate the wins and deal with those that process uh, as we go through the kind of the steps uh, of where we want to go to and both Vinu and Colin actually have done that in in ministry and leading churches uh, to have a kind of a big vision maybe even a change of direction for a church um, and then have broken that into steps and worked their way through and then celebrated those steps and wins as we've gone through. So that, that's just as to get us started and get us settled into our into our topic. Um, but just as an opening question to get us moving, gents, uh, in, in your experience, when we're going for a big change or a big vision, um, perhaps if we've taken on a new church or planted a new church, whatever it might be, um, how long in your mind do you think that process of change to get it fully implemented into church life, how long that takes? That makes sense. And Vinny, I, I put that to you first when you've, in your experience of this. Thank you, Tim, for uh, the opportunity as well as uh, the introduction. Uh, thank you, Colin, um, you know, for involving me in this webinar. Uh, 
I think uh, in my experience, three to five years is what I have noticed that change to materialize. So you start conceptualizing in your mind and start communicating. And uh, by the time people receive it, and then it would take three to five years. Uh, sometimes it's three years, sometimes it may take five years. So when you, um, you took on your church uh, in about 1999, didn't you? And it was planted out of another church. You were part of the, the, the kind of the group that went and plant and then you became the leader. Um, and so you, you went through a process of change there, didn't you? Uh, and how, how long, kind of tell us a little bit about that and how long that took you. Right. Um, I think uh, the church that I'm leading now was planted out as part of the first New Frontier Church. Um, so it was the first church plant. And then I was there right from the inception of this church. So from the first meeting, I was involved in it. Um, and now I'm leading that church. So there was another pastor who was leading. His name is Jerson. And Jerson heard God move to another state. And then he did that. And so I inherited uh, Jerson's team, really. So the men I really looked up to suddenly now I'm left with leading uh, with those men, leading those men as well as leading with those men. So it wasn't uh, the easiest uh, in leadership in my experience. Um, I think I had, uh, they were wonderful men, faithful. They were part of, they were pioneers. Uh, from, you know, suddenly I'm left with the oldest in my team would be close to 70 years, and I was 35 years old. So the, I was the youngest in the team, and they all were older than me. Uh, so there was an age gap challenge, and uh, these were the men uh, I also looked up to and, you know, to lead them. Uh, so that was that, was that challenge uh, in terms of uh, leading them through that period. And uh, so did you have in your mind, um, like, a this is where I want to get to. So that, that's kind of the, the long-term goal. And um, yeah, what, were your, what were your first steps in that? I was clear that uh, I want to serve God. And leading this church was one of those first big opportunity came on my way. Um, so initial days were like uh, walking on eggshells. I didn't want to really upset uh, these wonderful men who really, really labored. Uh, but I was increasingly uh, feeling, uh, no, I'm not doing what I really want to do. I feel this church, uh, you know, it was a wonderful community. It's a family oriented, you know, everything, everybody knew about everything. Um, and it was like a basketball team. Everyone went forward mm. uh, to score and everyone came backward to defend. So that was, uh, uh, and so I knew, but uh, uh, it was with one language, you know, it was an English speaking church. And uh, so I felt I need to really have a vision for this church to really move forward. Thousands upon thousands upon pe people in Mumbai city with several languages. How are we ever going to reach Mumbai city with just one language? So it started growing in me and i i think uh, leading this changing the course of the ship 
was not so easy. So I started sending feelers, you know, we need to start thinking differently. And I think at one point I decided uh, I need to really seek God for a fresh vision for my life with this church and for the church. That's where the change began to happen. Mm, very good. Uh, Colin, uh, you've, I know because I've been there, but you've experienced and gone through similar things. And when we, when you've looked to bring that sort of change into a church, in your mind, how long are you thinking this is going to take? I think when it's a major, major change, i.e. Um, kind of you're changing culture and you're changing, it's almost you're putting a different number on the bus, I think. <laughs> we have a, the 192 bus goes from our house up to Manchester. If you want to go across town, it's a different number on the bus. And I think, so I think when you're making a major change, sometimes when you think of it in those terms, it's quite helpful because putting a different number on the bus means everybody's got to change direction and everybody almost has got to buy in to another role. So I think uh, when you're talking that sort of scale, then it is three to five years. Mm. I think then there are incremental bits to that. So there's sometimes you, you're not changing the number on the bus, but you're doing a big detour. <laughs> you're just yeah. taking another way to get to the same place. And that can be a little bit slower, you know, quicker, sorry, I don't mean slower. Yeah. So I think, so big, I absolutely agree, three to five years, when it's in line with the objective, in line with where you're actually going, but you're actually tweaking, you're changing structurally some things, then it's, it can be a little bit shorter. Mm -hmm. But it's yeah. still longer than most people think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we've all seen um, pastors get a brand new idea for a vision, preach on it a couple of times and think, it's a sealed deal at that moment, isn't it? The number on the bus is, is changed or the basketball team are now working differently. But yes, it's a, a much longer journey. So if we're thinking that these things take a while, uh, what can be the, um, so there are two questions really. Uh, how do you keep people engaged? And how do you deal with your own impatience to go quicker? Uh, Vinu, how, how, how have you dealt with those issues? Um, Tim, for me, uh, before I even presented this change, I felt it needs to burn within me. Uh, so it's almost like a, if I don't, if, if it is for the sake of change, I don't think we would have achieved what we have mm. already. So it was like a vision. I really felt, you know, one of the uh, key things for me was who I want to reach rather than who I want to keep. Um, so I looked at the suburb that I live in in Mumbai city. It's a massive suburb with uh, nearly 400,000 people and with several languages. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, at least the church should start looking at in that direction. Uh, so first it had to, you know, be birthed in me. And then... I began to communicate this to this. I didn't have all these ideas then, but I think as the spirit led, I began to do, you know, I felt, so I began to share it with the key people, not necessarily uh, the leaders only. So I began to share with people whom you are comfortable with, 
you know, I'm thinking in this. So I spoke to my wife. Uh, you know, I've been praying. I took time off in praying and fasting, really seeking God. And I felt God gave me a clear, clear direction in that. So I started talking to those people who, who well-meaning Christians who are in the church, you know, you know, real, real supporters. So I started sharing with them. Then once I got the feelers from there, so I began to talk to the leadership. Uh, and I think uh, it wasn't easy because we were slowly, I was proposing to change the culture of the church. So I knew there would be some certain pushback. And uh, so I expected, and rightly so, there was not a massive pushback asking questions and, you know, is this really what we are called to do, etc. cetera. Uh, but I, I felt God has already put that in my heart already, so I went with that. Uh, so I communicated with those key well-wishers first and then the leaders. And uh, before, what, before I presented to the church, uh, I was very sure that the leadership has fully embraced it. So mm, I hope good. that helps. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. So there's, it's almost that it, it's something you can't get away from in yourself. That's kind of the, the starting point for you. And, uh, and I think that's very good, actually, just to a change can become quite um, uh, whimsical, I suppose, you can just read the latest book or hear the latest talk. And actually, that can provoke things within you. But actually, that real sense of um, the kind of burning needs to do it, which can't, in of itself you think you need three to five years that can take some time in of itself uh, one of the interesting things I, i've always found about working with colin in manchester is that the the big objective the thing that we always talk about wanting to do in my 12 years here has never changed and having known what the previous years like decades or so in manchester colin had that actually it was very similar so the big dream and desire is has always been pretty consistent and as I've listened to you Vinu and got to know you it looks very similar to me that actually you have a real desire to there's the big objective you want to get to um, and actually that rarely changes um, and then you start building in culture as well um, so in terms of that the, this big objective when we think about the people in our church not just uh, our leaders uh, how does it help our people if we have that and big objective that we work to. How does it help with celebrating those short-term wins? Um, Colin, if I bounce to you first on that, if that's all right. You've got one mute yourself. 30 years ago, I, I, that was my big kind of change. Um, I've done many changes since, but that was really to go to a multi-site and to actually, uh, I remember someone saying to me, I've been heard me speak in the in the church when we were just a few people they said colin you want a thousand people but you want them in 50s and i, I actually i hadn't articulated it quite like that but once i said it i realized actually that's exactly what i was i was um trying to communicate and in a sense that has not changed you're absolutely correct that uh, i feel uh, that big objective of uh, winning <laughs> the city or being part of the church the greater manchester church uh, reaching the city that's the way that we were going to do it and i think that definitely has helped that that when i say the number on the bus that absolutely is the number 
on the bus and every time we've been deflected off it and sometimes I've got bored or uh, try to just maneuver I, it, we've come back to that and that's so that definitely has helped we um, just having that big <laughs> big idea if I can use that so term and um, yeah uh, Vinu in Mumbai how have you found that the, having the big objective helps your people with those that to kind of celebrate the wins you were not the first one to do it. There were people gone ahead of us who've done exceptionally well. Uh, I'm talking from people from other streams. So we were quite behind. So I was only catching up and telling people, look, you know, if we do this, we can really exponentially, we have an ex ex expect that exponential growth and we can touch a lot of people. Now, uh, I had certain pushback I mentioned earlier that from the leadership, but I also had some pushback from the people, uh, which means going out of uh, their comfortability. You know, uh, everything is going so well. Why do you want to do this? I think that's a question every leader must will face when he is proposing change. I, in my opinion, um, when a leader proposes change, he means well. You know, he wants to bring that change for good, uh, but often it's not accepted that well. So looking at the larger picture for uh, Mumbai, uh, we were wondering, what are we doing? We're just two churches in the city of Mumbai. Uh, nearly 20 million people at that time. And what are we doing here? So those questions were bigger questions for me. Uh, said, uh, if I'm going to lead the church, at that time, I wasn't thinking anything about the wider, um, you know, leadership in terms of for the movement. If I'm going to lead this church, I really want to make an impact in, this, in, this, in the place where God has placed us. So, um, I think it just, once again, it was vision driven rather than change driven. So. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very good. And um, I think one of the, the steps that um, you've talked about, Vinu, and we've done in Manchester is really think about uh, our, our culture. Uh, and uh, I know at Living Hope, you, you were quite quick to put in a culture when you talked about uh, power. Um, to just and actually it's a really interesting way of helping the people to understand what sort of church we want to be and where this is going to take us so do you, do you want to explain that um, to us a bit thank you I will um, so for when I took time off to pray for the next phase of the church and the vision for my own life with, the, with regard to leading the church uh, I felt a uh, God gave me this line. Uh, this church means basically a tagline, touching lives, transforming nations. We have a, such a local church, so happy uh, community, uh, celebrating everybody's birthday and wedding anniversary, singing for anniversary and birthday. Uh, now here I'm proposing, we are here to touch lives and transform nations. Big leap into the future. And then while 
that was happening. God gave me this word, power. Uh, and I felt, uh, you know, it's an acronym for power. First one is prayer. We want to be a praying community. And then we have this, uh, you know, inherited quality of being a loving, uh, caring community. So we want to grow in one anothering. And then we wanted to be a word-based community and a worshiping community. And then uh, evangelism, which was, I was very passionate about it anyway. So I thought we, we must have, and I, I, you know, it was, it, I felt so good about this word. And the last one was remembering poor. And I felt this fitted in very much, very much for the people we have and the community we could serve. So. Uh, prayer, one anothering, uh, worship and word, and evangelism and remembering the poor. That became really the, uh, you know, uh, real uh, um, thing for people to bite it. Uh, so I presented this, outworked it, and we had people looking after each of these aspects uh, in the church, you know, for this power aspect. And we kept growing from that place. Uh, see, I think that's very, very good. Uh, actually, it's, uh, it's a bit similar to what we've done in Manchester. We talk about um, devotion, community, mission. So it's very similar to you. We have, uh, we want to see lives transform, cities transform. That's the kind of thing that we will go for. But the, the churches that we want to see planted and established are um, have devotion uh, to Jesus, community together, and mission together as kind of the, the thing, which, which is very similar to power. Um, and I think the interesting thing, it's it's easy in we're saying we're going to we're going for something big. We're going to make this big change or, you know, we want to reach the city. So we need prayer meetings. That's what we need. And so you start organizing prayer meetings. But it, that's quite um, quite detailed. But actually saying, look, we want to be a church that prays, that is one another's each other, that word and worship evangelistic, remembering the poor is a big statement about this is what the church um, looks like and behaves like. Uh, and so then after that, you say, well, if we look and behave this way, then we organize the prayer meetings. Um, so I think it's just a very helpful uh, way of, of thinking about it. Uh, Colin, do you have any thoughts on this particularly? Yeah, no, I think uh, in a sense, we we need to we are going to get down to a little bit more detail. But so after you get to the detail first. So when we talk about short term, wins, I think they become the big picture for some. So I think, uh, yeah, just making sure that we get the culture right, we've got the big objective right, that we actually know what we're trying to do, because those things don't change. And I think um, what happens is some, often the tactics change and the, the way we do things, and then, but they, they get confused <laughs> with these uh, kind of cultures and the big, uh, a big objective and I think that's what actually throws people um, that uh, they get confused I thought I joined a church for this <laughs> and it's actually you, you, a, a tactic something that you feel like is going to help you becomes actually the objective becomes the big big thing so um, so it's such it's so important to actually keep focusing <laughs> on these bigger bigger pieces the building blocks mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so somebody actually is messaging a question, which I think is a good, it, this will help to think about it a bit, is that what happens when one or two of your, your short term wins 
Um, so maybe one of the steps you're making towards your big goal, when they, they don't work out, they turn into a setback or a loss. Uh, how, how do you deal? How do you deal with that? Vinu, uh, I'll put that to you first. I think, uh, you know, as much as I said about the power thing, uh, I realized there was something we were missing in that. Um, we were still uh, could grow as a community, but we would we were not looking outward in terms of uh, planting churches. So, uh, so we revisited the power a few years ago. We prayerfully considered and we said, okay, um, we have grown. Uh, uh, but the initial, initial that power thing helped us to grow as a church, but we are becoming, earlier we were like a basketball team with a small number of people, but now we become a large basketball team. So we are still very much within the church, lots of activity, all that is happening, prayer, one anothering, worship, word, it's all helping the church. But I felt there was an element that was missing in the church was really releasing people to do what they want to do with their potential. So that is where we saw breakthrough in multi-site, planting many sites, releasing people to do that. So there was a course correction even in that initial plan. Yeah, very good, very good. So when we're kind of bringing through this stuff and, and uh, taking people on this journey, um, when we're in a, often the leaders get to work this stuff out first and then it slow, it filters down into the rest of the church. Uh, how do we help them to feel like these these steps, these changes actually are uh, are going to be a win for them if it's going to be changing what their church looks like. Um, and Vinny, you must have experienced this when you started making your big changes in terms of the, the people of your church. How did you help them feel like this is this is a win for you? This is important for all of us. Uh, <clears throat> I think it is not easy to say the least. <laughs> uh, people, uh, they are wonderful, you know. They really believe in your leadership. They support and stand with you. Uh, I don't think, including myself, we don't like change. So uh, I think keeping that in mind, uh, very much aware that you know people don't like that. Uh, but then you keep outworking this in your leadership, and you know this is what we could achieve if we do this. Um, so when I um, started talking about how about becoming and, you know, going into another service with another language, uh, it, it was, it was, you know, I felt, uh, let's not even talk about it. That was the initial, uh, you know, response. Uh, because in Mumbai, uh, if you have an English congregation, uh, it is of a certain you know, but if you have another uh, group from a vernacular language, which is, you know, uh, where maybe from a lower income group, poorer section, that means how do we match with these two? Getting them all on to believe that. We, we actually spoke about one new man in Christ. You know, it's all people perceive it. But when it comes to practically outworking, Let's really worship with the same people from the poorer section. 
uh, I think we faced real challenge there. But the focus was not about bringing them into one meeting. Focus was how much we can reach those communities. So we had an option to go for one church uh, of, of, you know, English congregation and, uh, you know, we can bilingual service and things like that. We tried, uh, but we didn't go very far with it. In fact, we started losing some people from the English speaking congregation. So we then felt what would be the best for us to really, um, uh, and I was greatly helped by Samir, one of our leader. You know, he asked questions, what do you want for your future? And I felt uh, we made a very conscious decision. Living Hope Church will be one church with multiple congregations. So there will be an English speaking congregation or Hindi speaking, another language or many languages. So we will have this celebration with them, but we will not be that our endeavor is not always to all, you know, all the meetings should be together. But the moment we made that change in our mind, I think it brought great release for the people because, see, there's something about people don't understand. When you translate from one language to the other, both suffer. Both suffer. Hmm. So those who understand English, they have to wait for the interpretation to get over to get their next line. Hmm. Uh, this is in terms of the meeting, but I think that that kind of um, translates into everything that we are doing. Mm. Now, we have a very thriving English congregation, and we have a thriving English and Marathi congregation. So that shift in our mind brought great release to the leaders, great release to the congregation, and it produced a real growth, and we continues to grow. Mm. That's very interesting. So there was a win there for you in that, in just helping your people to take the first step and see the benefit. And in a funny way, you were trying to minimize their losses in so that you could see the, that's uh, interesting because often when we talk about faith in leadership and going for stuff, it can be quite, um, I can't think what the word is, but we kind of charge ahead and just hope people keep up with us. Whereas you're talking about a much more kind of step-by-step uh, -step change to actually get you a bit further. Uh, Colin, when we um, we went from kind of one Sunday service in Manchester uh, on the east side of Manchester, and we, uh, um, we decided we actually, we wanted to plant another one. Uh, there was, that was hard for some people to process. Um, and so how did we, uh, how did you help them to experience the wins in those, the kind of the people of the church? Yeah, interesting. Using uh, Vinus, actually minimising the loss was was one of it, which means to say not everybody had to get involved. Actually, when we started the second site, there's a few people, and as they saw it succeeding and that they were doing okay themselves, mm. <laughs> that, that the overall picture was growing, um, then actually that. Um, that little group that started growing in a new area, um, everybody could, and they could see some good musicians coming out of it. And that, so there was a, almost the winds. They could see the winds. They weren't actually experiencing them, but they were not experiencing the downside, if that, can, if, if that makes sense. They were just seeing mostly 
the good, especially because we did it as a, a separate time. So even myself could go to both services at that time. So they, they, um, and I think that was quite important. Uh, I noticed a lot of people that do change by default depower their pastors because mm. change tends to be visionary, tends to be uh, constructional often, <laughs> and. Uh, and, and often what happens is the kind of you see it even when people change small groups and they, they get a bit bored with small groups or they're not working properly. So they do kind of short term groups or project groups or and we saw it actually even on the um, going through COVID. So many churches went to a very high production and actually furloughed their pastors, you know, the, and uh, I think for me keeping pastors involved and pastoral people actually is kind of helping the, <laughs> the negative, if I can say, the, keeping it moving. And then you can celebrate some of the wins that are happening down the road. Does that make sense? So you're actually, you're doing both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very good. So can I just make a comment, Tim? Can I just make a oh, yeah. comment yeah. on to what I, I think, uh, what is the bigger picture that, you know, I always had that thought. Um, sometimes we can get locked up in a trivial matter. Um, and then, you know, which language, when, how, all these things. But I, I, I somehow got put it in my heart. Whatever we do, we want to reach the masses, the community, the multitude around us. So uh, that was for me, uh, though I proposed this change, I had to listen carefully to others' views. Um, I felt, uh, you know, uh, it, it was humbling. You know, sometimes as a leader, uh, you come up with this idea and you think that, you know, this is the way it should be done. Uh, so, and some, uh, you know, just hearing, if you do it this way, maybe we will have a win-win situation for all of us. It was humbling, but uh, I think leadership, you know, when we talk about change, um, we talk about numbers and other things. I think a leader is willing to walk with humility is a key aspect. You know, he should have the humility to listen and the wisdom to choose what to do and what not to do. Yeah, I just thought of adding that. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Um, so as... Colin was talking there as well when you were talking, Vinu. Uh, change can be quite managerial, can't it? It can be quite task orientated. Um, I, I know my brain works a bit like that myself. I think, okay, that's where we need to get to. These are the things that I need to do. And then the people need to fit into that. It can be the, the way that we think about it. Um, and so, um, and I, I think COVID, like Colin was saying, showed us that actually we need, people need to be heard, listened to, uh, we need to adapt and change. We need to people to feel like they're part of a family and community, not an organisation that is on the move somewhere. So, uh, how have you, Vino, over the over the years, empowered your pastors, um, helped it to feel like this is a community and a family that is trying to reach the multitudes, not an organisation? Yeah, honestly, uh, um, we. Uh, it was a process, you know, I didn't have a manual in front of me. This is the book that I need to follow. Um, uh, I'm more of a spirit 
you know, led kind of a person, you know, think about what the Holy Spirit is actually uh, guiding. Sometimes my leaders found it, uh, uh, there's one thing that is very constant in Bino is uh, he is very unpredictable. <laughs> so, so, so uh, it, has, it, it has borne fruit to a large extent. Uh, I think, uh, you know, just moving away from our local church scene, uh, we managed to move. Uh, I think the vision was embraced by people. I think uh, um, from a one language group to three language group to one English congregation to now um, several congregations in and around. When I took the responsibility of the church, uh, we were under 100 people, and I think it is uh, over 600 people now. Uh, I think uh, that is the number. I'm not saying that number is a key thing. It is an indication of how people have embraced this, you know, vision. Uh, it is not just the change. Um, I think they felt, yeah, we are here. I think now, if you ask people in Living Hope Church, I think they will they will be talking about a language of mission. There's there's a large section of people now in Living Hope constantly talking about how can we reach the community? How can we, what we are doing is how it is really affecting the community around us. Earlier, it was more of how it will affect us. But I think this, now the church is, I feel it is, it, you know, at least we are pointing, our bow is actually pointing in the right direction. We started rowing in the right direction. We still have a long way to go. Mm. Yeah, very good. So uh, it's interesting to think about this. We perhaps don't think in these terms, but you, in that change process, you you have described your people as going from how does this affect me to how can we reach a city? Which that's a discipleship journey, isn't it? So actually, they they have matured as a group of people, um, mm. and we often think of that in very individual terms. But actually. The church now uses a language which you know, very, very biblical language of how do we reach um, the place that we are. Uh, and actually, I mean, the thing we've noticed in CCM with the first few sites that we started was it in terms of people's reaction to it and feelings about it, they would be a little bit more. How is this going to affect my church? How is this? Uh, which are all very reasonable questions because it has an effect. But now, whenever we announce a new site, in fact, we've announced six, um, people will say, oh, great, but what are we going to do after that? So there's a real kind of attitude of forward looking. We want to reach the whole city. And even they, they, when we start talking about wanting to plant into European cities, they don't roll their eyes at us. They're, they're like, well, let's pray about it. So there is a, a maturing that like the church in of itself over 12 years as a group of people have been discipled by the change process and change journey, um, which is exactly what you've described in Mumbai. Um, just to finish, we've got a couple of minutes left. Um, uh, Vinu, you lead um, uh, uh, the whole group of churches in India. And when you took on that group of churches, I think you said, you told me there were about 35 churches when you took it on, is, is that right? Uh, and you, you felt we need to go for 200 by um, by 2020. I won't ruin your story to tell you whether you succeeded or not. Um, but tell us how you, because that's a slightly different uh, process of change. Um, and so tell us how you how you did that. Yeah, 
Um, when I when I um, uh, asked to be part of a team that leads the church at that time, it was thirty five, and then um, you know uh, Terry announced his. Uh, uh, retirement and that the world became the parish for every new frontier leader. Uh, so we had a few uh, challenges to cope with. So I, when I came to bat, four wickets were down already. So that is the phrase that I use. So we worked together as a team. Now you must understand from the local church leader to actually come to that place, there's a lot of change that has happened in my own life over a period of time. Um, and then uh, uh, it was five years ago, uh, 2015, we were 65 churches. And Guy uh, Miller, who was actually the, uh, the one who really um, the leader of commission at that time, and he challenged us for, to go for 100 churches in UK, 100 churches in India. And I've had this thinking, 100 churches in India. Uh, you know, India is such a large nation. We were 65 churches in five years. 100 churches, maybe we'll get there without any hard work, you know. So uh, we knew some church plants are in the pipeline and, you know, a few adoption situations. So I came back with the, this thinking, 2020, 200 sounds very nice. So 2020, 200. So I presented this to the leadership, the team that I worked with. How about going for 200 churches? That would take some faith, that would take some uh, energy and some hard work. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, there was silence when I presented that in the room. And there's one leader said, I think we should go for it. I think that was for me, is like, you know, I, have a, I had a thread to catch on. Uh, and we believed, but, uh, you know, we left that room thinking that let's go for 200. Uh, let's really work for it, pray for it. So we had a lot to pray. We had a lot to work, a lot to uh, strategize. So we used everything. But the, the, the initial thing was, let's really go for 200 churches by 2020. Uh, some people thought, uh, since then, every, every meeting, every conference, we spoke this language. You know, this is a big change that we are expecting 200 churches. People clapped. But, you know, there's a lot of hard work behind the clap. You know, it's not just about clapping. But by the grace of God, uh, last year, you we were able to cross 200. Yeah. Very good. I, I mean, I think Colin experienced a similar thing when we when you wanted to go for six new sites in Manchester. Silence uh, greeted that. <laughs> but actually, yeah. even what you were saying there, the, the small win of just one person saying, yeah, all right, let's go for it. Actually, that was a yeah. big thing. And then actually you've recalibrated um, your, the movement in order to do that, um, which is something we've, we're doing and have done in Manchester as well. Uh, look, we are going to finish there. It's nearly course two, so nearly 45 minutes. Uh, Vinny, I want to thank you very much for your time with us uh, today. Very helpful, very insightful. Colin, as usual, thank you for being with us. Um, we will finish there. If you want to go to the broadcast website, and put it into Google, you will find us or um, broadcastnetwork.com uh, uh, and that will get you to uh, all that we are doing there. Um, thank you very much for your time and we will finish there. Cheers, everyone. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you.